Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of TT with the Ballers. We are finally back after a long break, long hiatus after the World Cup. World Cup, as you know, was amazing and we did a lot of episodes in that short spell of time. We tried keeping up to all the fixtures. Hope you liked it. Well, a strong vocal chunk of our listeners did like it. So yeah, that's that. And uh, we are back again with another episode with a few games of FA Cup gone and another set of games coming up thick and fast with Premier League starting the transfer season underway with a lot of players moving here and there, a lot of rumours in the rumour mill. We are here to discuss all of that with Anshu. So, Anshu is finally back in India and loving the warm temperatures. How are you, Anshu? <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Not loving the warm temperature per se, but uh, loving the warmer temperature, so to speak. Uh, certainly something that... Uh, quite agrees with me, having lived in sub-zero temperatures for quite some time. Uh, but I guess that's that. I'm very much excited about, uh, you know, resuming after the hiatus that we've had. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we, I think, I think we stuck to the idea of not talking about club football for a very long time. Uh, more than more than a month. But we but did now, pretty much talk about it in the last one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did, but you know, it's a, it's going to be an interesting turn of events now with, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, uh, the kind of results that we have seen, not just in the league but in the cup as well. So yeah, I'm pretty much pretty excited about it. Right. So, how's life without Ronaldo at Manchester United? Not so bad, I guess. Rashford, as we were expecting, has has stepped up surprisingly. Martial hasn't seen the back of the net, but overall, strong performances coming in. But would you be signing someone? Web Weghorst is being talked about. What do you think about the player? Uh, I, I like honestly speaking, I didn't know the player till the Argentina game in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite follow, uh, you know. Um, Dutch football, to be very, uh, to be very honest with you, uh, but with the kind of uh, uh, sort of with the kind of uh, play so Bekesitas uh, and yeah, on so loan Bekesitas. from Burnley. So yeah, yeah. yep, yep. So uh, I mean, I I I will not consider him as a long term replacement for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because of the fact that the guy is 30 years old and uh, you'd, you'd want somebody, you know, younger if if you were thinking about the long term also. Ten Hag did mention in his press conference that it's, it not, it's not just about buying somebody, it's about buying the right person. So, al- although he might just fit in the plan going forward for the remaining part of the season, I don't see him as... Uh, you know, I don't see him as a sort of a Ronaldo-esque replacement for the club. Uh, it, it might be one of those Odian Igalo moments uh, that, you know, you bring in somebody to fill up the shoes or 
you know, to fill up the games that your main striker Rashford and Marshall in the in in this case cannot fulfill. Mm. Um, that being said, I I think it won't be a very bad signing. It will probably be something that we that that will only have the ability to surprise United fans mm-hmm. uh, for in, in a good way, so to speak. That because if he flops, I don't think there's a lot of pressure that goes on with uh, the manager or the club. Uh, uh, in terms of performances because I don't think it will be a very expensive signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be a rather cheap signing if, if, if anything. But at the same time, um, looking at the table and looking how we are placed and you know the kind of results that we've had, I mean, apart from that Manchester City game where we were thrashed 6-2, I think uh, pretty much all the games following that and even preceding that, barring the first two games of the season, have gone quite according to the plan. If not completely, then partially at least. Uh, so, I I mean, it's a, it, it'll be a very, very far cry to say that we are even in the title race. I don't think we are, irrespective of what one football or ESPN FC says. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we can certainly, certainly get a comfortable top four this season. And I think that should be the aim to get into Champions League without uh, without much of a hustle. Um, I I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Burghost would be, would, be a, would be a decent signing, but not something that I would, I will look forward to for, you know, in the long term. Well, you have a decent chance to go up third because uh, you've played one lesser game than Newcastle and mm. you are guys are tied on points. So, that, that doesn't seem bad at all. Mm. But Yeah, well, it's a, it's a difficult call, this. I mean, um, specifically because of the fact that uh, Newcastle have been in very good form. Um, mm. They have even managed to draw games that they that they would have otherwise lost. You know, lost on yeah but uh, still i mean uh, it's 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 difficult to predict anything right now with respect to top 4 because you still have very good teams who are who are just down the pecking order in 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 terms of uh, liverpool and spurs might not be in the best of forms but we still haven't reached the halfway uh, mark for the season so it's, it's it's a difficult prediction to make, but yes, I mean, uh, if we finish third, I think that would be the best result that we can have this season or we could hope for. I mean, Arsenal are the team to beat, but... I would still... I'll still say, even though they are five points behind Arsenal, having played the same number of games, I'll still say that City are, are, are the team to beat. Uh, um... I, I still don't buy into the fact that uh, Arsenal are going to win the league this season. I mean, but, they have uh, certainly uh, managed their striker striking problem really well, which I yeah. was personally very impressed with. Mm. I mean, Enketia does not seem like a player that would, you know, smoothly fit into the overall setup of Arsenal, but uh, but yeah, he has been scoring, he has been playing well, and then Again, um, the support from other players, especially uh, their captain, mm. Odegaard, has been tremendous. Yeah. And uh, credit yeah, I mean, to the... he, he he plays really well and he's 
he's that sort of a captain material that you know in the modern game we don't see players and captains and leaders like that who you know just just by the virtue of their performance and by the virtue of their leadership are able to pull the team up i mean the even the newcastle arsenal game i mean it was well mike arteta was really pissed off at the end of the game because he thought that mm-hmm. you know, newcastle wasted time use long balls but hey welcome to the premier league that's what happens yeah that yeah. game i think on a bad day arsenal had lost but yeah. they didn't and they kept pushing and they kept pushing and today we are talking that how they couldn't win it but arsenal mm. look like look like a, a, a real solid team to me at least they do they do they do there there is no doubt about the fact that i mean the results speak for themselves uh, they've won more games than city have and that's saying something they've lost just one game and they i think they have the second best uh, goal difference in the entire league right now just behind city so they've they're they're five points ahead of them so obviously they've they've produced the results so no matter what we say or what we think the results speak for themselves but uh, the thing with arsenal for me this season has been that uh they played against united they lost they played they couldn't play against city uh the game against chelsea was very tight so i i i would still like to see how the next three weeks pan out for arsenal given the games that they're having the yeah, playing spurs the playing united tottenham and united, united. yeah they're playing spurs they're playing united uh, in 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 a couple of more games time they'll be playing city so it's it's going to be a it's not going to be a very easy going the next four or five games but if they are able to pull through these set of fixtures then yes uh, then they can possibly think about uh, eventually going ahead and winning the title but as of now if i were arsenal i would be i'd be more concerned about uh, dropping points against newcastle uh, going into the spurs game followed by the united game because uh, although spurs are well they're not quite where they were at the beginning of the season they're still a very good team and uh, they still have very good individual individual players and given that it will be a derby you could you could always count on the underdogs to essentially come up with 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 the tails turned high so uh, it's 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 going to be a very very interesting week for arsenal and kane kind of loves scoring against arsenal so that's yeah, yeah it does it does it does uh, yes right all uh, right uh, i think tottenham man i i still can't make my mind up whether i should call them a bad team good team how should i feel about them is conte I the think... man for for because see it's a good team right but yep. the way they play for roughly 60 minutes i mm. mean it's very dead and very disappointing and you know mm. barring the maurizio pochettino times i don't like enjoying or i don't enjoy watching spurs game for some reason and uh, it's 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 a difficult watch okay they scored four against crystal palace Kane scored two and Son Son scored one, and overall, it was a great, great game. But usually, they are having very, very ultra dead games. They lost to Aston Villa two nil, where they should have won. I mean, who loses to Aston Villa, right? 
Um, see, I I keep going back to uh, you they know. had a two-two draw to Brentford as well, and yeah. you know that that was kind of snatched away from them. So I they're coming I, actually, up too I, late in games, and I don't see a reason for it. I I don't find enough reason for why a team like that and players like that should play in such a dreaded manner. I I think it's it's got more to do with uh, the fact that I mean Antonio Conte in essence is he he cannot be considered as a, a you know as a very offensive sort of a manager like he he mm. usually likes to play it safe he usually doesn't commit very many men to the counter attack even when he has the chance and plus he has he has that very strange fascination to playing a, a back three mm-hmm. or a back five, put it whatever, whatever way you want, with the with the wing backs essentially pressed high in the midfield, and uh, you know not not essentially uh, not essentially essentially a pair of wing back that that can function as 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 a pair of forwards as and when necessary. So I even even when he was he was the manager at Chelsea, we saw the same thing. Uh, Chelsea won the league, but when they uh, when the follow up season started with them playing in you know playing in multiple tournaments for multiple trophies, they they they, they played dreadfully bad and. Uh, it might just be one of the things that uh, you know Conte's style of play brings to the team, but I quite agree with you. With the kind of team they have, they should be more on the front foot, and uh, they should be they should be more creative. But I don't think uh, I don't think Conte trusts his midfield very much because, like, if if Hoiberg and Bisuma are your like are your best place midfielders in the in the, in, in 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 the park? Then uh, you have to play uh, sort of a system where Kane has to drop in, where Son has to drop in, Perisic has to move forward whenever the time presents itself. So it's a I would consider it a very very ordinary midfield as 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 compared to the other teams in the Premier League. Uh, that might be one of the reasons why their undoing has been so you know so fast so to speak um but i mean i i wouldn't worry much about spurs pushing it through uh, late late in the season uh but i mean if we are talking about teams pushing it through we might as well talk about liverpool now because um, that is the elephant in the room that we've not yet you know pointed upon so your thoughts I, I I have the same thought that I had since the start of the season. If we are lucky, we get fifth. If we are ultra lucky, we get fourth. Uh, mm. The list of injuries is not stopping and that is down to the style of play we've had. You know, the game mm-hmm. is pressing as much as we like and we have enjoyed and we have perfected, but it is showing its long-term impact. And, you know, you cannot have the same set of players running so hard and running so rough. All the time. All the time. So, uh, I mean, with Van Dyke's injury, I think it it puts a very additional strain on on the back line. I mean, we just had this uh, guy, the French guy, 
you guys did get Cody Gakpo though. I know. Yeah, Cody Gakpo we discussed. That was quite a good one under the nose of yeah. United. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of players are injured, man. If we had, if I had all my players fit, if I had Diaz, if I had Jota, if I had Firmino, if I had Van Dijk, then it would have been a different tale. But mm. this time, I think, I think even in the FA Cup, we struggled against Wolves. Wolves, we and. I mean, we were lucky to get a 2-2 draw. We lost to Brentford in a very signature style that historically Liverpool loses to certain teams. Mm. Leicester City, again, we had two own goals from uh, Fires that saved us. I mean, it could have been... But on the brighter side of things, okay, yes, we have now Cody Gakpo playing on the the Mane side of the pitch, uh, as I would call it. Yeah. Uh, Darwin Nunez has scored finally. And we have some well, young and bright players coming in from our academy in the uh, form of Doak. And uh, Harvey Elliott has been regularly playing. So these are some good, good signs for Liverpool. But apart right. from that, I think I think we desperately need a midfielder. We had brought Arthur Mello. Again, he got injured. So, it's a tough season. It's a it's a season of transition. I mm. have not very high expectations. This is not the season we get obnoxiously wonderful results. Rather, a season where we transition into a position where we can, mm. for the next seasons to come, we can have better chances. Because... We had a lot of new players coming in. I mean, Diaz, Luis Diaz is a new player. Then so is Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakko. So all these players need time to set themselves in. And for me as a fan, I would like to give them that time. And that's my version of it. I don't like the way Liverpool have been playing. Hmm. For the most part of it, I don't like. I still don't like Thiago. I'm still not convinced. But sometimes he seems mm. to be the most creative and intelligent player on the pitch. But I, I am still not convinced that we need a Thiago-esque midfielder. But the point well, is, well, that... I think you do, given the fact that uh, I think midfield is where you guys are suffering the most. I think. Uh, in, in I mean, my opinion, come on, because... I mean, uh, playing this teenage mutant ninja turtle guy, uh, Alex Oxalate Chamberlain on the yeah. left wing <laughs> is giving no good results. I'm extremely proud of Bazatich and Doak who have made the impact, yeah. and I would have never imagined Harvey Elliott getting these many matches. I'm extremely proud of of what my team has been trying to put. But again, in the Brentford game, we saw Trent Alexander's, how should I say, misery, sort of. Yeah, I think he is the uh, the Achilles heel, so to speak. And the the teams have found it, found their way. So, So that side of center back needs to be really strong which is not mm. happening 
and you know the left sort of left wing for the opponent is being you know really reinforced with a lot of players so that is right. one tactic that we have to get around but apart from that yeah uh, we have games coming up very fast and i mm-hmm. just hope more youngsters get a chance and get a sniff and can give us good results i hope yep our star injured players come back as soon as possible apart from that yeah, yeah difficult i just hope pulam don't finish above us that's the last thing that i i like it's it's difficult for a manchester united fan to say this but i don't see that happening to be very honest with you because as i say we're not even at the at the halfway line of of the season yet this is mm-hmm. still this still lot to be played for and uh, while we're talking about teams that have not been addressed what what's happening at chelsea man mm-hmm. like, I Chelsea. think we both of us were very skeptical when they appointed Potter as as the manager. We we saw it as a as an as not a very good decision. Uh, I think we the the proving us right. I mean, the decision to sack the ex manager was wrong from the start mm. because you know. Yep. Why would you sign Aubameyang? Because you know. you have a history with a yep. manager they have played together uh, or been together at borussia dortmund right mm. so can't injury has not helped yeah and uh, yeah it's difficult to really point a finger at chelsea apart from the fact that you know a lot I, of their things think... have not worked in their favor kukurea can't defend really thiago silva is getting old And I think I think you could point a lot of fingers at uh, at at Chelsea because it's very difficult for me to comprehend, and I've been saying this many number of times that with the kind of money that they that they did spend in the summer and um, like if Pandey would have been with us, he would have he would have uh, had something to say about this, but. With the kind of money you you spend, you don't you don't you don't push out the man who 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 right. has essentially made made you spend that money. But all that said and done, I I don't understand how you can lose to the same team in the same week twice, once one nil and once four nil. And the reason I'm saying this is because if you look at the lineups that both the teams. Uh, that essentially chelsea went off with i mean it's pretty much the same apart from the fact that they were uh, they 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 have they have kai howard starting one game they have raheem sterling playing as number 10 the other it's i think, I think too team. many yeah 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 i think too many things have been tried uh, in that in 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 that club i don't know if you can call it an embarrassment of riches because there there are no riches but it is an embarrassment for sure see because, my problem uh, with i'll tell you my problem with at least two players three players that they have signed first mm-hmm. pair is obvious yep obameyang doesn't play yep. so that explains yep. it that is self explanatory yep. Second mm. problem. I have a history with Raheem Sterling, so I'll tell you what Raheem Sterling is. 
Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling is a good game player, and I've told this time and again in different ways and formats. Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling can play well in an average match. He can play yeah. extremely well in a good match, but he can never play good in a bad match. That is not right. the kind of player you know certain highly rated players are. Like say, for example, De Bruyne, Haaland, mm-hmm. Salah, for to the best of my memory even even players like van persie ryan giggs these are the right. proper players patrick viera these are the players that pull you out from you know a bad performance or really mm-hmm. make a difference someone mm-hmm. luis suarez luis suarez yeah. turn a game like that for you raheem sterling is not that player and that's the reason why manchester city let Raheem Sterling go. Otherwise, there would have been no reason for it. He was scoring for them. He was assisting for them. He was doing everything right. Why did Manchester City let go of Raheem Sterling? Because they were getting good money for a player that wasn't that good enough. And that mm-hmm. is what we are seeing currently at Chelsea. Because you know you expect Raheem Sterling to be this huge star who can deliver, who can play really well, but he doesn't. same goes on for marco kukrea kukrea in the, the previous team which is brighton if i'm not wrong yeah. had excellent backing from the central defenders mm. brighton were kind of think... impregnable that's why mike kukrea got that run where he used to barge forward i really like kukrea but you mm. don't have that kulabali can defend one on one but for some reason kulabali can't defend when there is like a group of players like if it's a 3v3 kulabali mm. is the worst player to have in that kind of position thiago yeah. silva yeah. is old as pelequeta his time i think is gone two seasons ago at chelsea so there are yeah. a lot of looping holes i think uh, reece james not being there has also put dents in their plans but Uh, I mean, I got to agree with you. Other guy, uh, the left back. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Chilwell, Ben Chilwell, not being there. Ben Chilwell. We have, yeah, we yeah. have been uh, unlucky with injuries, but yeah. I, I mean, but this is that kind of a season uh, where I mean, if if you talk about injuries, I think all the good teams have certain players who they wish they had in their lineups, but they don't. But Uh, that being said i think i think they still chelsea still have the squad you could essentially argue that they have the most depth when it comes to the squad that they possess but uh, their relative the money that they've spent relative amp- amplitude of their depth is very low is very low yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i quite agree I quite agree with that they don't have the best left backs they don't have the best center backs they don't have the best goalkeeper they don't have the best forward while mm. other teams do excel in certain positions they just have depth and that's the end of the story certainly don't have the best midfield that's for sure moving on let's talk about few transfer rumors going around what's the case with jao felix i think jao felix was on the targets of manchester united so is griezmann i guess so is vegas but uh, jao felix is close to joining chelsea 
I don't know how much of a positive impact that guy is going to put on this team. Again, uh, what went on with Cody Gakpo leaves, you know, leaves United in, in a bit of rethinking on what their transfer strategy has been and why they have been missing out. They certainly missed out on Darwin Nunez as well. But how essential and important do you think is it is to replace Ronaldo? Can can the current team be relied upon to have a life without Ronaldo and still manage to get results? Not for long. Or, not for long. Um, because player required urgently. Um, I think it depends on what the manager expects out of this season. If the if the aim is to qualify for Champions League, I think achieving it without a forward being signed can still be thought thought of. I would say, but I think I think uh, what the manager is trying to trying to sort of bring into the club is is uh, you know a, a certain sense of frugality if if that would be the right word because uh, i've heard reports coming out that there is going to be uh, a, a bar on salary cap the maximum yeah. yeah yeah they're calling it the ronaldo effect or whatever it is that, that they're going to put that in uh, so that the the sort of the stars of the team fall into that bracket but nobody sort of goes ahead of that that's one of the reasons why david de Gea is somebody who's uh, who's on the radar for uh, a free transfer come this summer because he's a, he's on a he's on a 375000 has been De Gea for over the years. That guy, I don't know how that fucker, what's his name? The ex-captain Roy Keane comes on stage and says that, oh, De Gea is not good enough and he should be replaced. I mean, De Gea has been I'll tell tremendous you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what the what the argument uh, supporting Again. Roy Kane is. Uh, mm-hmm. See, he has been he has been a wonderful player. There is absolutely no denying the fact that, barring a few seasons, it it could it could be quite pragmatic to say that he's been the best goalkeeper in the league. That being said, the kind of wages that he's drawing and the fact that he's he's aging very fast and the fact that United cannot cash in on him. Added to the fact that the new manager has different ideas about the way he wants to play from the back, mm-hmm. certain criteria that De Gea does not fulfill. I I think these might be the pushing reasons why we are we are seeing arguments as to why De Gea is not good enough. Uh, I think I think he's I think he's probably been one of the best shot stoppers in in in, in the modern game. There is absolutely no I mean, denying that. Some of his insane. Some of his saves have been absolutely out of the world insane. Iker Casillas esque, I would say. And that's yep, yep. the best. That's saying something. Yeah, that's saying that, something. That's, that's that's quite a comparison. And and I wonderful, wonderful keep keeper you guys have got. 
see that's the thing uh, um, the fact that united had to bring in uh, somebody of of the character of eric ten hag and the fact that the the negotiations essentially took a better part of 6 or 7 months uh, to to finalize uh, tells me that there are certain ideas that this manager wants to implement irrespective of uh, irrespective of uh, you know how everybody else perceives them and i think that is the hallmark of a good manager that's what klopp did when he came to liverpool that's what guardiola did when he came to city that's what uh, alex ferguson kept on doing for so many years which made him the the, the manager that he was so i think um, with the kind of results that he's had with the kind of mentality that he he has he has shown i mean the guy dropped rashford uh, for crying out loud who is essentially the best the player is yeah the most right and he dropped him over a disciplinary breach which was which was not even that major but but he did that so i think he he is trying to sort of force or inculcate a certain a certain way of play a certain certain way of life it might work it might not work we'll have we'll have time answer that but as of now as a united fan i think all the decisions that this guy is taking, I am for it. Even if it is, even if it is selling off Degea on a free transfer, I'm fine with that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think there needs to be a certain kind of a reform that goes on inside this team. Because a lot of, a lot of what has been going on internally and externally has been taken for granted for a for a better part of a decade now like we've seen high money transfers come in and shit all over the place we've seen good potentials wasted in fo- in form of like i can i can go on counting players who who came in you know like blasted off the place and then just then they just disappeared into an anonymity and that's not that that has never been uh you know in, in at least in recent memories that has not been the the hallmark of manchester united so if if the man is trying to build something that the club has been known for and trying to build something that the club could be known for in the in, in, in the next 20, 30, 40 years. I think it's something that you just have to trust it on him mm-hmm. because this is this is something that we did not see with Mourinho. This is something that we did not see with Van Hal. This is something that I we think certainly did not Mourinho see. deserved more time, but that's that's a debate. He, he did, he did, he did. See, the thing is, the thing is, you have two types of managers, in my opinion. You have you have one who care about winning more than any anything and i think that has to be the hallmark of any great manager but mm-hmm. you have a second category of managers where long term goals are not essentially something that they that they seek and mm-hmm. with with managers like for example mourinho or pep you know the, these are not managers who build teams for the future pep may uh, pep may have done that on certain occasions with certain teams but mourinho certainly does not do that yeah. so like the idea to bring in a new manager should always be supported by whether you are buying into his idea of building a team or not. And I think the way Manchester United have been poised or are poised after, after the uh, Ferguson era, it needed to be a rehashing of things. It had to be a rebuild from the word get go. And 
there have been so many instances where we have talked about that rebuild with Solskjaer, with you know, uh, with Mourinho, with Mo Moyes, with Van Hal. That it has now become such a cliched topic, in 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 a manner of speaking, that you don't you don't easily trust it when somebody says it, but you have to trust it if you you know if you want good for the team which all the fans do so uh, i mean going back to the fact that uh, yeah let's go back about... to the, the 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 entire talking point you know yes uh, so the i think the, the fact the that we missed out... missing out on targets so i think the fact that we missed out on cody gakpo uh, didn't come as much of a surprise to me. Uh, I mean, it, it would have come but as But you surprise. were talking very highly of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, that's, uh, that's where I'm getting at. That's where I'm getting at. So, and, if, uh, if, yeah. if, if somebody would have told me during the World Cup that, uh, you know, this is this is what uh, is going to happen, that Liverpool are going to swoop in and get him, I would have said that that's bonkers. That's not going to happen. But with the way the World Cup ended, and the kind of uh, World Cup the, the the guy had, I I was pretty bloody sure that his his asking rate is going to is going to go to it's it's just going to skyrocket, right? Yeah, hundred mil. It's 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 going to skyrocket, and yeah, I that's what I was expecting. I was like hundred mil, bro. I don't want Cody Gakpo. I don't need that it, kind of money being spent. But yeah, then forty yeah. plus twenty in add-ons, max is nothing. Is is quite a bargain in the current market price, and and that's the thing. I I think when you, what I think might have happened behind the scenes are one of two things. One is when United might have approached PSV Eidenhoven for Gakpo's signature, they might have been quoted a price that they were not willing to spend, given the fact that they'd already spent big bucks what on Anthony. I am aware that, of that it never got to PSV Eindhoven. It kept it, yes, on going which, forth which, and back between is, the player and the manager and the club and, and everything. And then no which one, is, which kind of pissed off PSV I know. And that's hmm. the advantage Liverpool took and they went directly, talked to PSV. They agreed on a right. price, they agreed on a future transfer fee if he goes on to score a certain number of goals, make certain hmm. number of appearances, if which he certainly will do, I believe. And then mm. they went on and talked to the player and he was like, cool, yeah, you have a spot on which, the left side of your uh, front three, I'll take that. Which which would have been uh, which would have been uh, the second scenario that I was talking about. So uh, missing out on uh, Cody Gakpo, I think it certainly is a setback given the plans that were in place for uh, for him, or at least what was made believe, um, I think missing out on uh, Joe Felix might not be as much of a problem. I, I should say, uh, because uh, one, he's going to be a very very expensive player, and I do not see United spending anywhere close to the big bucks that has been associated with Felix uh, right now. Uh, more more ad added to the fact that. There have been talks about him going to Chelsea or Arsenal on loan with an additional buyout. It's, again, it's it it all comes down to I think uh, it's it's not the it's not the executives that are calling the shot this time. I think it's the manager who is, and uh, I will like to place my trust in him and see where he goes with uh, the entire transfer saga. 
Right. So another uh, big, I would say, fiasco coming up with with the goalkeeper position. So you guys have already signed Jack Butlin. That was like my favorite player in FIFA when I was playing manager mode. But apart from that, hasn't played much. And with Dean Henderson still a part of Manchester United, you think it it was important to to sign. Jack Butland of all. Obviously, you need a backup goalkeeper, but do you need a goalkeeper who's untested, is 25 years old, hasn't played much, when you already have a keeper sent out on loan, Dean Henderson, who has you know played more than Jack Butland, is mm. more experienced than Jack Butland. You know, if if De Gea leaves on loan, uh, if De Gea leaves as as a free transfer, you can just get Dean Henderson back between your posts. But why go and sign Jack Butland, who is a second choice for Crystal Palace? I think uh, it's it's mostly a filler job that this guy is going to do because I don't think Ten Hag has been very interested with uh, very impressed with Dubravka uh, between the posts. Dubravka left I, back. Uh, his his loan period I think got over. And he has returned yep, yep. to Newcastle. Yep, yep. And I, I, he, I, Ten Hag was never very much impressed with him given the number of appearances he had. Uh, I think, I think this Butland, uh, you know, uh, swoop is more. Uh, what can you say? It's more desperate than it is, uh, than than it, than it is uh, strategic. I would say. Because uh, bringing in, uh, as as you rightly said, bringing in a goalkeeper of his stature, uh, of of his stature as as the second choice, makes sense in a way that you don't feel the pressure of giving him enough game time, which you would with the Dean Henderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I will be very interested in seeing what what Ten Hag's uh, you know long term plans with Henderson are because he's either thinking of bringing him bringing him back after uh sort of day leaves in the summer which i think he probably will or he's thinking of selling him off in the summer either way i don't see jack butland um being there as anything but a filler so mm. uh, i i'm i'm and i won't be very much very much worried about um you know about his credentials so to speak the fact that he's played for teams that are not you won't call them the the the, the better teams of Top the league of the like, uh, yeah yeah like most of his uh, most of his career has been uh, you know spent in uh, either the championship or league 1 where he's played for teams like i don't know but Barnes, i like this performance for like. for Sheffield United you know if your goalkeeper yeah, yeah, has a, you know, 36, 46 appearances every season, even for a, you know, if he's going out on loan and then becoming the first choice keeper and then playing, you know, 40 odd games for you, for that team, I think it certainly communicates that, you know, he's ready for a chance. Uh, I think, uh, I think most of his performances at Stoke City have been quite good, uh, but I would I still don't see him as a as a long term replacement, or I don't see him as anything more than uh, more than a 
you know more than a sort of a backup general for day in 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 matches uh, where he would need a rest for example the league cup or the fa cup or whatever it is um that being said i i won't uh, i won't count much into it i won't uh, i won't i won't look much into it other than that uh, he's a he's a 30 year old goalkeeper who's uh, who's uh, who's had enough experiences in england to you know to uh, give him a good cv yeah to understand the game but that's that you you can't expect uh, you can't expect him to replace tekea you can't expect him to replace Dean anderson and if if united do uh, you know uh, offload tekea in the summer which i think they probably will uh, i think it's more about whether they get dean anderson back or whether they buy a new uh, goalkeeper and spend the big bucks so yeah be interesting to see right right so yeah and does harry maguire get relieved of the world's pressure on his shoulders i'm hearing um, aston villa is interested i i think the restart has been quite good for him uh, and um, like the restart for for uh, for the club football has been good for him uh, there have been no howlers there have been uh, there have been no performances that he would be ashamed of. So um, I still, I still think he won't be. He he he's not going to be sold. Uh, I I still think he's going to be a part of the team at least till the end of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, um, to answer your question, I, I I don't think he's going to Villa or any anywhere else in this summer. Right. I think Yao Felix is almost confirmed to Chelsea. By tomorrow, so I keep hearing. So yeah. I keep hearing. Yes. By tomorrow, I guess most probably we will have an official statement from Chelsea. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Enzo Fernandez is a good option for you guys. I mean, if you can cash in, yeah, on twenty millions, yeah, he is the player to go and get. And yeah, he's. Available. I think there are there are. Like you see, it's it's already it's always been with uh, teams like United and uh, United and any of the uh, any of the top name teams in the world that whenever these uh, transfer periods hit, like everybody left, right, and center is getting associated with them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for once, let's just let's just hold on to our horses. I would like to see Enzo Fernandez um, get into the team, but it's the same problem with him. Uh, you know, positionally speaking, like where do you play him? You certainly don't replace Ericsson right now. You don't replace Fernandez right now. You don't replace Casemiro right now. So you are certainly not buying him to be in your first team. And you don't buy somebody like uh, Ananzo Fernandez who's just come off the back of a World Cup victory to be a bench warmer. So it's again going to be the same problem uh, that we've seen with, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Donny van der Beek or, you know, um, players like him where you get players for the big bucks and then you just uh, have them sit down and do nothing and I, I you don't want to see that happen again with with a young talent like Enzo so I would be more interested in in, in seeing where United go with with uh, buying somebody in the forward line rather than uh, just going for somebody because they're available right 
let's see where we are at by the next yep. episode we record which would yeah. be hopefully sooner than later yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 most certainly sooner than later great i guess that brings us to the end guys thank you for having us and do share your feedback with us uh we hope we hope to keep coming back to you more often now that club uh, football is at its peak Uh, we are almost halfway through to the season so stay tuned <laughs>